Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, the forever mad online, Gina Kelly. Gina, how are you doing? I am doing great, David. Thank you. How are you doing today? Doing well. Still fighting off the cold, as we talked about beforehand. <laughs> yes. I apologize to anyone listening. I, I'm going to do what I can not to cough into y'all's ears. Um but we're back with another voicemail podcast uh, coming off the Falcons week 13 loss to the Bucks in Atlanta, 30 to 17, a frustrating game, a game where okay. uh, I think you and I agree the Falcons found brand new ways to continue to shoot themselves in the foot, even against Tom Brady. I mean, it was just, I, I expected the Falcons to lose that game mm-hmm. and I expected them to like mildly piss me off but because I expected them to lose I didn't think that I would be like fuming no there were some plays where and some play calls where I was literally fuming so yeah it was uh you know I try to keep like healthy detachment from the Atlanta Falcons so that they can't impact my mood but um that is really a work in progress for me (laughs) Oh, same here. I was actually able to go to the game and I I will say it helps to be with friends and to be sarcastic about everything you're seeing on the field. It sort of takes some of the, takes some of the, and alcohol that, that definitely helps. Yes, that always helps. And I handled the, um, the, like the big recap while you were gone because you so admirably handle that thing week to week. And I just want to say, David, like I have newfound respect for the dedication that it takes to do that. Because at one point I was just like, you know, <laughs> like I feel like I just want to turn this recap into nihilist Arby's Twitter feed. Like <laughs> that was about where my head was with it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've, I have definitely been there before. Uh, and certainly <laughs> this season, um, and I think many of our listeners have been there and were there uh, this past Sunday. So let's yeah. get into those voicemails. We had uh, several this week. Uh, and actually, funny enough, we had like one really positive one. We'll, we'll get to that one in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, this was pretty interesting. And the return of a long missed um, voice on the voicemails podcast. So uh, we'll, of course, wrap up with that one. But let's dive right into the first one. It's the lack of talent. It's the lack of coaching. It's the lack of the offensive line not blocking. It's the lack of wide receivers not getting open. It's the, you know what? I don't really care. Just want to see progress. Uh, Obviously, changes will be made accordingly. Kind of just have to hope that Arthur Smith um, just gets better at this head coaching thing. you know, I thought he played. I thought he coached a decent offensive game for the most part. Um, we were able to 
get a push. Um, consistency has never been a Falcons thing. You know, if you <laughs> look up the word consistency, um, I'm sure the Falcons will never, ever be consistent um, as far as this year goes. I've just seen it too many times this year where we'll start off hot and it leads to nothing. Or, you know, we start off really cold and we get hot for a minute and then we kind of just, you know, fall fall apart. Um, not exactly sure what else to really say. Um, you know, offensive line, I mean, all I have to say is this. If you are the person that's defending Mayfield, telling yourself to give it another year, um, but in the same breath saying that McGarry needs to go, I really can't have an intellectual conversation about football <laughs> with you for the sheer point of, I don't think McGarry has been that bad. I think he's been solid. I've seen him play better each and every year, um, especially against our division. Um, and that's all you can really ask for. I mean, you know, yeah, you can say Mayfield is progressing, but you know, it's really not hard to go from an F minus to an F. <laughs> uh, we really need to see Mayfield play a lot better next year. And I'm not talking about, you know, going from an F minus to a D I'm talking about being an F minus to a C, um, you know, C plus that that's, you know, I, I want to, I, I have to hold him to, to that extent because at the end of the day, this is the NFL. You're not always going to put three to four years of development in a guy. And Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot realized that, um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's, it's a grown man sport. It's the NFL. And if you can't make it, you know, next, next man up. Um, that's really all I have to say. Uh, thank you guys. And, you know, let's see if we can get back on track against the Panthers. So wow. I, lots really, to unpack there. yeah, he, he hit on quite a few things, but, um, to me, what he was saying about Caleb McGarry and Jalen Mayfield, uh, it's, I think it's totally fair. Um, okay. you know, we, we've, McGarry is inconsistent, uh, is, is the problem I have with him. He, he's, he can have a really good game and then follow it up with a stinker. Um, yeah. But and seems, I think it all depends on how like defensive coordinators scheme to right. attack him. Like he does have some um, definite flaws in his game. And I think that when coordinators exploit that, it makes a big difference in his quality of play. But as far as Mayfield, like I agree, he has been bad. I mean, sometimes when I'm thinking about the Falcons, I close my eyes and all I can see is that picture of Matt Ryan, like sprawled on oh. the turf with Jalen Mayfield <laughs> standing over him. And it like, haunts my nightmares oh. and so but i do want to say this the fact that they have decided for some reason to have a center rotation is oh. not helping mayfield's development nope. at all because he never has a chance to get comfortable and neither of the centers have a chance to get comfortable with him and acclimate to the way that he plays and and learn to be able to anticipate what he's going to do so that they can you know chip in if they need to and like give help to that side like i don't know center rotations make no sense to me and mm -hmm. i do i i don't disagree like anything that he said about mayfield i'm not saying oh you know mayfield's going to be good invest you know three to four years into him i am just saying they are not doing him any favors and considering arthur smith's history with the offensive line i have to say like this is one real area of criticism that yeah. i have for him right now yeah, and you're not the only one. I, I feel that way. I've seen several mm -hmm. of the people who cover the team. I know Michael Rothstein brought up the same point. 
Um, it just seems really weird in game to, to rotate guys intentionally. You know, it, it's yeah because so and we talk about this all the time, so I'm not going to belabor it. But like along the offensive line, you need that co- co- consistency and that cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that when you're switching out the guy in the middle on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mayfield has been our worst offensive lineman. Like that is fair. And uh, I I don't know that we could have expected any better from a a player who played only 15 college games, played all of them on the right side at right tackle. Um, Mm -hmm. And honestly, I, I am a little surprised the Falcons haven't decided to try to put someone else in there uh, to see if they can yeah. play a little bit better. But I think some of this is they just want uh, for better or for worse. Uh, and right now there's a lot of worse. They want to keep Mayfield in there to try to build that, that chemistry. Like you, like you're, you're pointing out uh, and in the hopes that he will, he will begin to develop uh, like the caller said from an F to a, a D plus to a C yeah. uh, and then going into next year, uh, going into next year, honestly, they have to bring in competition. I think that's a certainty. Yeah. Um, and hopefully he will take that leap from year one to year two. But um, I, I definitely agree. They, they can't, you know, we can't criticize McGarry without looking at Mayfield and saying he's probably the bigger issue right now. And yeah, I think absolutely. that's a fair criticism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really good call. Um, and yeah, just, it's the, as you said, the inconsistency is really what defines this team right now. It is. And I think that that's kind of an evergreen statement about Falcons, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> oh, man. And, and my drinking habits. All right. Uh, <laughs> next voicemail. Well, we didn't get blown out. Russell Gage fumble killed us. And Arthur Smith's play calling on the one-inch line was absolutely fucking terrible. <laughs> I don't understand why we don't ever run a quarterback sneak. I don't care how bad our center is. Snap the ball to the quarterback and let him fall over and get one inch and we score. Those two plays were huge for the game. And then I'm just sitting there thinking what we're going to use our first round draft pick on. And I have five different ideas for five different positions as the game goes on thinking we might need a new quarterback, we might need a new offensive line, we might need a new defensive line. And I feel like that's not a great sign. So hopefully Terry can get creative this offseason. And, yeah, I don't even – I don't really know what else to say. Obviously, a couple winnable games coming up with the Panthers and the Lions. So hopefully we can win those. Rise up. (laughs) It is nice. Gina to not be talking about uh, this year draft picks until December, like yeah. past couple of years, we were talking about the draft back in early November, late October. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> small well, small I do steps. Want to, um, I do want to mention like, first of all, he said, you know, we're going to need a new quarterback and obviously it is time for the Falcons to start thinking about the future. Mm-hmm. But I think that if the offensive line that they had would stop letting Matt Ryan get murdered, he's <laughs> taken more hits by far than any other quarterback in the league. I yeah. saw some graphic today. I think that it was in the nineties. That's yep nuts and so yeah i think that if we need a new quarterback it's because they killed matt ryan um (laughs) but anyway other than that yeah it i 
I saw today that the cap is going up to over 200 million next year. And so that is going to help because part of the reason Fontenot was so limited and what he could do this off season is because they did not have any money. Like Thomas yeah. Dimitrov closed all the joint bank accounts and skipped out of town, um, <laughs> leaving the Falcons with no access. And so, yeah, I think that that's a big factor. And so hopefully they'll be able to get some um, veteran help in because no matter what, when you're talking about the draft, you're going to need time to develop players, all that kind of stuff. So if they can get a good balance of, you know, actually hitting on draft picks and bringing in some veterans who fit the scheme and are going to be able to, um, you know, actually contribute. I think that we could see a much improved team next year. Yeah, I think so. Um, And a lot of this reminds me of the Denver Broncos in the late nineties where, Mm -hmm. you know, John Elway had gone through a several year stretch where the team was struggling uh, and he started getting into his mid late thirties and they Mm -hmm. began sort of restocking the roster around him and he gets to 37, 38 and all of a sudden they have a a really good roster and they go to two straight Super Bowls and win, you know, obviously they win two straight and he retires. And I think the Falcons are hoping for something similar where they can ride out Ryan, but use the time that he's here to restock all the talent sort of around him. That way the next quarterback comes in is going to inherit a good offensive line you know, skill position players that he could toss to and, okay. and trust. Um, and, and so I think there is a method to the madness. And I agree that yeah. they have to think about quarterback uh, sooner rather than later. Um, but they didn't, they just didn't have money. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that is the thing. And the only way that they could make this offseason work was by restructuring Matt's contract. Yeah. And that always means adding time to the contract and, kicking that guaranteed money down the road. And so, um, yeah, like they didn't really have a choice, but that comes with a cost and Matt Ryan's, they can't afford to part ways with them. So that's just what it is now. Yeah. And hopefully uh, to your point, they can stop being the worst in the league at keeping their quarterback from being killed. Oh (laughs) man. Uh, So many tears rolling down my cheek now. All right. Um, Next voicemail is surprisingly optimistic. Uh, this, this one caught me off guard. Hello, Falcoholics. Another Sunday afternoon, another loss, another bottle of bourbon consumed. You know what, though? I do, I have to err on the positive at this point because, let's be honest, we know, we've known for weeks, this team is not a Super Bowl contender. And we also know and have known for many seasons that they're not capable of losing correctly either (laughs) in order to secure the uh, best possible draft situation, except last year. And I'm going to be honest, I think that one worked out for us. It remains to be seen, of course, but I thought that was a good pick at the time, and I believe it was a good pick still. And speaking of which, we finally saw some productivity this week from some key players who have been – Less productive, I guess is the best way to say that this season. Uh, you know, Mike Davis expected a lot out of him and finally got some good plays at mm-hmm. some good points in time. I feel optimistic. Optimistic, this team could remain middle of the pack. Optimistic that one day, one day, Falcons faithful, we will see our team in the playoffs. That could be this season still. I doubt it. 
but it could be. And if not, eventually Tom Brady will freaking retire. He has to, right? He's going to retire eventually, <laughs> right? No one lives forever. Tom Brady's going to retire. Tell me Tom Brady, right? He's going to retire. This, this is the thing, right? We'll see. Go Falcons. You know, I, I believe I tweeted during the game that I wish that Tom Brady and Gronk would just retire. I think that was after <laughs> Gronk's second touchdown. I was like, get these jokers out of here. Um, yeah, no, I, I really love uh, where she was coming from with all of that. Uh, I respect the bourbon choice. I think that that's a very good Sunday choice. Yes. Um, and yes, we have known for a long time that the Falcons are not capable of losing correctly, whether that is... <laughs> losing to keep themselves in position for a uh, good draft spot or whether that is losing correctly as in not blowing a huge lead in a Super Bowl and losing it in overtime. So um, yes, this team is absolutely not capable of losing correctly. (laughs) But I think that there are reasons to be optimistic. I agree with her about Kyle Pitts. Um, Mm -hmm. With Ridley out, teams are able to devote more resources to containing him. So I think that's going to probably hinder his productivity a little bit. Uh, But I think that we've seen some flashes of his full potential so far this season. And it's very exciting. Um, Yeah. So, and then I do think that, you know, we've seen progress from Arthur Smith and adapting to the head coaching role. It is a very big learning curve, but um, you know, I think that he is for the most part adapting the previous caller mentioned his, that one play call that we were all like, why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Like literally every Falcons fan I know was like, but why though? And uh, (laughs) so, you know, you still see those kind of rookie mistakes um, from a first year head coach, but I think that he is improving too. And so after, you know, this team has a full season under their belt, they'll have a, you know, full off season to kind of restock the cabinets. I think we could be looking at a much better team next year. And this year, like she said, I mean, it is what it is. We didn't have high hopes for this team. We've known for weeks that we shouldn't have high hopes for this team. And (laughs) so, you know, maybe they can, spoil a couple of other NFC South teams fun, you know, maybe take down a few other teams on the way and we can enjoy that. And otherwise, you know, let's just get to the off season and see what happens next year. Yeah. And, and honestly, um, you know, the, the Falcons have five games left. Uh, they've got the Panthers, the 49ers, the lions, the bills and the saints. Um, I, I don't feel confident about them competing with the bills because that's in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, but those but, other four oh, games, yeah. and they could be competitive. I think that they easily could. I mean, they could yeah. easily win all of those. I think that, you know, the Niners have been really inconsistent too. Um, yep. And for a couple of weeks there, I was seeing a lot of tweets about, you know, fire Shanahan. And I was like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> how the tables have turned. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think that a lot, all of those games are winnable. I mean, even the Bills got beat by the Colts out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Jags. And the, and the Jags. I was just going to say, didn't the, yeah, they beat them nine to six. And so, you know, it's not a good time to go up to Buffalo and play a game outside. That is for certain. But, you know, but all of all of those teams are beatable. And so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. Yeah. Uh, and Falcons have five wins right now. Um, out of those five games, if if they just win three, uh, they're at eight and nine. And that's in my mind, that's a pretty good season for a first year and that's- head coach. 
Yeah. And that's right where you and I had them pegged. Um, And as far as our, and you know, we are brilliant. We are absolutely geniuses. (laughs) And so that seems like a very likely outcome. (laughs) I think so. Um, Yes. And we'll, we'll, they have to play the games um, and we'll see how this plays out. But uh, to the caller's point, you know, this is, this is a team that could be sort of in the middle of the pack. And uh, I know a lot of people are worried about draft position, but I think what's more important for Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith is for them to rebuild the culture. And I don't think you can rebuild mm-hmm. the culture when you're, you're, you know, one of the worst teams in the league. If you can yeah. get to near 500 in your first year, uh, you can get guys to buy in that year two is going to be better. That 2022 yeah. is going to be a step forward. Um, and that counts when you're trying to get free agents uh, to come and sign in Atlanta. Um, that counts. It really does. Yeah. And and I will say, I think that we, you know, as up and down as this season has been, I think that we have seen flashes that mm-hmm. suggest that the culture is changing. And I will point to my favorite game of the season, the win over the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, as an example, because that is the kind of game that the Falcons do not win and have not been able to win for a very long time and especially against the saints. So the fact that they were able to keep from blowing that game in typical Falcons fashion, I think that that says a lot about the culture that Smith has been able to instill so far. This team doesn't quit and that's a big upgrade. Yep. And I think if you look close enough, the past two games, the Falcons have faced uh, the Jaguars and the Bucks. The Jaguars were the top three rushing defense. Um, the Bucks mm-hmm. were the number one rushing defense. And in both of those games, uh, two straight games, the Falcons rushed for over 100 yards and averaged over five yards per carry. Um, yeah, which is completely outside of the norm for the right. Falcons here mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, it's fantastic. We haven't seen that since like 2016. And yeah. That is, you know, if you're looking for little signs of progress, those are the things that I want to stay optimistic about. And I feel like, you know, if you're looking towards 2022, um, if they could continue to build on that through the rest of the season, um, having a running game makes a difference when you're trying to close out games. And Mm -hmm. uh, beginning to establish that at the close of 2021 would be a great way to finish off the year, even if they're not making the playoffs by being able to say, yeah, you know what? We started to build an actual running game uh, and that's going to be a part of who we are in 2022. So yeah, I love the optimism because sometimes we can get really, <laughs> really caught up in the <laughs> the week to week wins and losses. Uh, and, and I feel like that caller had a, a good perspective on all of it. Yeah, I think absolutely. Yep. All right, we're going to jump into the remaining voicemails, including um, one of our favorites to close us out as always. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. 
It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack It. We're talking about big time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Gina Kelly, and we are reacting to your voicemails in the wake of the Falcons' loss in Atlanta in Week 13 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 30-17. Uh, we've gone through the first half of voicemails. Uh, let's just jump right into the next one. Hey guys, it's Duncan. Just uh, checking back in here. Um, after watching, I, I actually was only allowed to, or only able to watch the first half, which was um, by after watching the highlights and seeing the score was the um, more exciting uh, portion <laughs> of the game. Um, going into this, um, I was expecting a, a loss. So, um, you know, it's no surprise there. And it's a lot easier to stomach the loss when you don't have to watch the end of the game, I guess, even though, uh, you know, I do spend a good portion of my week getting excited for the games. I don't know why, but I guess that's being a fan. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't blame the coaching staff. I think they're doing a great job. I think that um, this first year, it's, this is the first year and things are going to happen. Um, they're not really dealing with the um, as much freedom as they probably would like to, but they knew going into it. You know, Fano and um, Arthur Smith knew they're going getting into so this team, and um, I have high hopes for the future. But uh, as of today's game, um, you know that Mike Davis, that the Cordero Patterson run, the Mike Davis run, that was really cool to see. Um, it, it felt different um, than what we were seeing in the previous games. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's the Bucks. Um, they definitely had a chance to be on top that game. And um, it didn't happen. And um, I guess at this point, it's just, I'm, I'm switched my uh, anger to just sadness, uh, which I don't know what's <laughs> worse. But, um, you know, I just feel bad. I feel bad for the guys. I feel bad for, you know, the fan base. I feel bad for, just everything, but I have high hopes for the future. I don't really have much to say about the game currently, the, today's game. It was it was just a game that was very expected to go how it went, and it was cool to see them be competitive for the first half. But what's that going to do when the second half they don't score a single point? Um, but I'm just going to leave you with this, and I'll call back next week. Marlon fucking Davidson pick six on Tom Brady. Yes. That was cool to see. I was hyped. Rise up. Oh, I love it. As that a... was, I mean, I lost it. Oh, I yeah. started typing in the recap in all caps. Like <laughs> it was just a thing of beauty. I was delighted. I love a good big guy touchdown. Okay. I love Thick that six. anyway. Thick six. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to happen that close to their end zone, to happen to Brady, like, oh, it was a thing of beauty. Oh, it was, I'll tell you, it happened so quickly. Like there was almost a delayed response in the stadium 
because no one was quite sure what happened until they like flashed the replay up there and it's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It just happened so fast. Like it did. Oh, and yeah, that I mean that moment really made watching the whole game worth it. It was just, you know, one of those things you don't see very often. So much fun. Yeah. And and it's funny, I, I mentioned to you know some of my friends I was watching the game with, I said, this is the difference between the Bucks and the Falcons is Tom Brady can literally close out the half throwing a pick six. He can make mm-hmm. a big mistake and he's got such a good team around him that they can overcome mistakes. And the Falcons right now, they had several mistakes and they can't, they're just not a team right now that can overcome mistakes. No. They can't overcome drops. They can't overcome fumbles. You know, they could have stayed really competitive and maybe even have, you know, pulled off the big upset, but they had to play perfect um, yep. in order to beat the Bucks. Meanwhile, the Bucks can, you know, have Tom Brady throw a pick six to Marlon Davidson and still win by 13 points. And <laughs> that is the difference between these two teams right now. One can afford yep. to make mistakes, the other can't. Yep. I think that that is spot on. All right. Next voicemail. Okay. So here's my thing I don't really think the Falcons are that bad this year. I think that we're five and seven right now, and we could easily be seven and five. Take away the Panthers in the Washington game, and we're a winning team in the playoffs. The second wild card, I believe, almost first in the division. And then we've only had two really, really bad games, or three. I mean, I guess if you count the Eagles game, but I just say that's the first game of the year. Take away the um, Patriots and the Cowboys game, and we're right there. And then I believe that we still have a chance to make the playoffs. We're five and seven right now. We have the 49ers, the Panthers, the Saints. And um, the Lions left. I think those are all winnable games. I think we'll lose to the Bills. I think at best we can finish nine and eight. Realistically, probably eight and nine, and we'll be right there for the second or third wild card spot. And that's where I think the team is. I, I really do. I'm one of those people that think we're like one or two pieces away. We need a couple of linemen and a couple of corners, maybe the end or uh, defensive tackles. Uh, I believe we're right there, and I think next year we're gonna either win the division or be the top wild card team. And I still have, I have a lot of faith, like Calvin Ridley's out right now and all that. But I, I just, I think that we have a lot going for us, like Kyle Pitts, Cordero Patterson. I, I think Matt Ryan's still playing phenomenal football, but that's my two cents. But one thing I have learned is do not let your emotional worth and uh, value as a person be determined by the Eagle and the Falcons. Have a great day. <laughs> That is a very solid disclaimer. And if he had not issued it, I was going to have to issue it. Um, but yeah. no, like I, I, again, like I love the optimism and mm-hmm. he made a lot of solid points. Um, you know, they easily could have won that uh, Washington football team game. Uh, the Panthers, I'm sad that they did not turn to hot garbage before the Falcons played them for the first time, but I still feel like they could have won that one. Um and so, yeah, like they would be seven and five if those two had just kind of bounced the other way and they would be in legitimate contention for a playoff spot. And with the extra playoff spots this year mm-hmm. and an extra game to get another win potentially, um, yeah, it does shake things up a little bit as far as how the playoffs are going to break down. Yeah. And his point, you know, about the Washington game uh, and, and the Carolina games, uh, completely right. This, the team, other than you know, this two or three games, has been in contention to win almost all the games. And you know, 
their record is what it is. They're five and seven. They're not seven and five. Um, could they have been seven and five? Yes. Uh, they're not there right now. But as we just talked about, you know, they could get to seven, eight wins and still be in contention for the playoffs. Uh, now, will they make noise in the playoffs? Probably not. You know, no. I'm looking at I'm looking at you know Arizona, Tampa Bay, oh my gosh. Dallas, no, thank you. Uh, the Rams. Those are the top teams in the NFC right now, and, and it's a big gap after them. Um, but you know, if you're looking for the long term of this team, the fact that they're staying in contention right now, um, I think is a sign that, you know, as you said, they're not as bad as I, I feel like, you know, we tend to, you know, get caught up in these losses and be like, ah, oh, this is the worst team in the world. And they're probably not. They they are probably middle of the pack, as um, okay. you know, one of the other callers said. And, and for a first time head coach, uh, first time GM, inheriting a troubled roster with little cap space, that's actually probably a good sign that they're still competitive in December um, amidst all of this change. So, yeah, I yeah. love the optimism because I feel like, you know, coming out of this game, there was a lot of, you know, for people to be down about, but we're, we're hearing some of the listeners say, you know what, um, I'm beginning to see some signs that there may be progress being made. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that is genuinely encouraging. And you never know what to expect going into a first season with a brand new head coach, especially Mm -hmm. a rookie head coach. But when you look at where they are right now, would they be here under Dan Quinn? We already know the answer is no. I mean, we watched the last (laughs) two seasons (laughs) of Atlanta Falcons football. So yeah, I think that it is genuinely encouraging. Yep. All right. Two more voicemails. Uh, let's dive into our next one. Hey, DW. Hey, Gina. Appreciate all the work that you guys do on the podcast and everything. Well, at least the Falcons didn't get blown out against the Bucks on Sunday. I would have preferred a win, but that was very unrealistic. Uh, seeing Drew Dolman uh, mess up two snaps in a row gave me Mike Person PTSD from 2015. <laughs> At least Person was a decent run blocker and held up in pass blocking. I can't say the same thing about uh, Mayfield, Hennessy, or Dolman. And uh, just would like to see Matt Ryan eventually uh, beat Tom Brady. Uh, I'm so tired of Brady winning and those types of things. Thanks again for all the work that you guys do. Bye. Yeah, I'm with him. I'm tired of seeing yeah. Brady win too. <laughs> Everybody is tired of seeing Brady win, except for people who have bad judgment. Um, <laughs> <anyway. laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of good points there again. At, li- at least the Falcons didn't get blown out. Um, you know, I was looking at the odds going into last week's game, and it was a two-score differential. Like, oh, yeah. the Bucks were the Bucks were projected to win big. And so, really, holding them to 30 is not a bad thing. I actually mm-hmm. had blocked out Drew Dahlman's bad snaps, <laughs> but they were so bad. They were. <laughs> My Just gosh. More shooting I mean, themselves in the foot. Yeah. You see that happen and you're just like, how are you a professional center in the national football league? Like what, what are you doing? That's what it would look like if I had to snap the ball with like <laughs> a, an NFL defensive line coming at me. Cause I would just be throwing that thing just wherever I could get it, like away from my body, please do not hit me. <laughs> but I am not like, it's not my job to play center. <laughs> oh, it is no. 
So I was a little bit taken aback by the snaps. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I had he he brought up Mike Person. I had uh, James Stone flashbacks when James Stone. Oh gosh, Stone, yeah, yeah, yep, the, that is yeah, both very apt comparisons. <laughs> Where Stone snap <laughs> snap the ball right into his own crotch, and I thought, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's never going to be forgotten. And unfortunately, James, that is your legacy. Uh, well, and it, it kind of became, you know, emblematic of the Falcons. So uh. it was, it was the Falcons are a snap to the crotch. That is a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and then, yeah, I going back to his point about needing to beat Tom Brady. Like if Tom Brady retires before Matt Ryan beats him, I am going to make it my mission to, to coordinate like a charity flag football game. <laughs> And get Tom Brady and Matt Ryan to quarterback it. And then I will give Brady like the worst players. Yes. I will give him like old people with walkers. Like I will give him <laughs> small children. It'll be flag football. We're not going to tackle small children, but I'll give him a terrible team. Like Drew Brees kids can all be on his team. And then Matt Ryan will have actual professional football players. And then because I want to see that happen in my I'm lifetime. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for that. Even if it takes a, an elaborate and stupid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just describe the Falcon? You know what? Never mind. All right. <laughs> last voicemail. You know who this one's from. Uh, I sure him, do. Missed him last week, but he has made a return with a special addendum. So here we go. Kirby Smart, head alert. I mean, Matt Ryan, head <laughs> alert. Matt Ryan, head alert. Wow, what a rough weekend. First the Hawks lose, then we all know what the hell happened to the dogs, and then finish with another Matt Ryan loss to Brady. With Ryan throwing for almost 300 yards, zero touchdown with a 93 passing rating, but hit 11 times, sacked five when Brady passed the ball about 51 times, was only hit once, and no sacks. Mm. No respect. They first possession of the game were all passes. Man, I tell you. But Matt's a survivor back there. He's one tough cat, really. Although there were a couple of times I feel like Matt held the ball too long and should have thrown the ball away. About two of those times we were sacked and knocked out of field goal range because of Matt not getting rid of the ball. The running game was awesome, and Mike Davis stepped up this week. And CP, well, was CP. And we could have ran the ball a little bit more. But tell me, how do Matt only have one touchdown in four games? <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> how in the hell do we even have five wins with this O-line that's not blocking, tiny wide receivers not really catching or being physical, can't get open? Although D-line couldn't get any type of pass rush, I feel like the defense in general was okay, believe it or not. Just kept being put in bad situations from the offense. Yes, the D could have played much better. Deion and Fowler were horrible. A drop, INTs, just too many mistakes. Stupid fumbles, drops, penalties that were crucial at crucial moments. Mm. There were many opportunities for our offense to take a lead or even keep it close in this one. But we just... Wow, shot ourselves in the foot. But hey, three of the next five, and I say that unconfidently. 
But what y'all <laughs> think about this free agency? I like Calais Campbell next to Grady. Sick or not? What y'all think? I love it. He always comes with – it's so funny. We, we, we love the humor he brings, but he also yes. always brings so many great points. Well, yeah. I mean, his takes are really, really smart. And I love that he leads with Matt Ryan hater alert and then gives like very balanced, intelligent (laughs) and reasonable takes about Matt Ryan and is extremely fair about him. Like (laughs) that's not really being a hater. That is being a very smart and reasonable fan. Um, And like he said, you know, Matt, did hold the ball too long a couple of times. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, on one hand, it's because he's going through his reads and nobody's getting open. And also the offensive line can't block for shit. Um, but on the other hand, he could throw those balls away and avoid the sack. And I yeah. know that a, part of it is, you know, trying to keep up with the Bucks offense. You know, there are a lot of different factors that go into that, but he is right. And every time Matt holds the ball too long and takes a sack, he risks his own health. And so, like, that's another factor. He is, you know, my dog knocked me down the other day, and I ended up with, like, a bunch of ridiculous, like, sprains and also turf toe. And I am about to die. Like, it hurts (laughs) to move. I can't walk without saying ow. Like, I say ow all down the stairs, sometimes some profanity, too. But, like, the older (laughs) you get, the harder it is to bounce back from those hits. And when I say hits, like, for Matt Ryan, I mean sacks. For me, I mean falling down because I tripped over my dog. But um, (laughs) yeah, like the older you get, the harder that is, as you know, too, David. And so I worry about that genuinely. Yeah. Um, He he brought up so many great points. You know, the the Falcons could have stayed in it and they had false start penalties and dropped passes and fumbles and all of that. And I think he, he really nailed it on the head. It, they, they just mm-hmm. kept shooting themselves in the foot. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's something that Arthur Smith is going to have to work on over the next five weeks as they close out the season and yeah. going into 2022. And, you know, something we, we talked about, it, he's a first-time head coach. And I feel like many fans came in hoping he would be Bill Belichick as head coach, Kyle Shanahan as OC. And that is a heavy heavy lift for a first time head coach. Um, and mm-hmm. let's just hope that like at this point, I feel like what, however they finish the season, um, I want to see progress and I want to see them go into 2022 with him having learned lessons about what he did wrong in a season and things he could do better. And I think he will yeah. do that. Uh, you know, everyone mm-hmm. that's talked to him has a lot of really great things to say about him as a, as a person, as a coach. So, um, you know, this season is what it is. I, I, you and I, I, I feel like we had the right expectations. We never felt like this was a playoff team going into the season. Correct. Um, yeah. We thought that they might fall back asward into the playoffs. Right, but, right. <laughs> um, you know, it, we were like, if they get there, it's going to be totally an accident. Like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, love the love the call as always. And honestly, to everybody uh, that left the, the messages uh, we really appreciate them. Uh, we love listening to them and, and uh, the feedback you guys have. You always provide uh, so many great perspectives on this team, on the season, on the players. Um, we love doing this podcast. Uh, so for for you know future reference, that podcast hotline number is 404-592-2823. Again, that number is 404-592-2823. Call it. Leave us a message after next game. We have the Panthers on Sunday. 
Um, and on that note, Gina, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Now, wait just a second, because I want to circle back to the addendum from um, Matt Ryan Hater Alert. Adding oh. Calais Campbell alongside oh, Brady Jarrett. Yes. That is a hard <sighs> yes from me. A hard yes. Yes. Absolutely yes. 100%. 100%. No hesitation. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So with that said, (laughs) said, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas. Um, You can find me basically there and um, still unpacking my house. So hopefully I'll be able to write more in the off season uh, for thefalcoholic.com. But in the meantime, I think that you should absolutely check out the other podcasts, uh, the post game podcast, the Falcoholic Live podcast, check out alcoholic live supports guys on patreon and um yeah thanks everybody for listening yeah um as for you guys you can follow me on twitter at falcoholic tw updates for this podcast at falcoholic pod and of course our articles daily at the falcoholic.com so for gina mad online kelly this is dave walker thank you guys for listening in we'll talk with you next time